0: bones and bobbins podcast is now on patreon yay oh do you like access to bonus episodes digital extras exclusive merch and more Mm -hmm. join us in the curiosity shop at patreon.com backslash bones and bobbins your generous support helps
1: make the show happen and will earn you our very eternal gratitude and exactly and (laughs) entry into our private
0: patreon only facebook group where there is no ass hattery none none no uh, some tall foolery and occasional shenanigans but no ass hattery and no like toxic fuckery it is delightful
1: yes (laughs) love it a plus (laughs) In a dusty old shop on a forgotten old street, you'll find two witches with books three boxes deep. Next to rusty old needles and faded red thread, you'll come in for yarn, but leave with pigments instead. Whether poisons or patterns, we're always discreet, where creepy and crafty and morbidity meet. Welcome to the Bones and Bobbins Podcast. Hello, Morbid Makers. We are your slightly creepy, mildly disconcerting, somewhat sinister, delightfully discomposed, opaquely odd, merrily morbid, marvelously
0: misanthropic hosts. And this is Bones and Bobbins, Season 4, Episode 3, Paws, Claws, and Cause. The Lore of Black Cats, Crows, and Ravens.
1: I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the
0: Very Serious Crafts podcast, and I go by she and her. And I'm Natalie from Uberdark Designs, an official true crime creative, and my pronouns are she and her. Yay! Yay! Hey, hi, how you doing?
1: I don't fucking know. (laughs) I mean, I'm coming out of the gate with F-bombs, so... Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, how are you? I am. I am. I am. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm pretty glad good. That I'm you are. Good.
0: I have uh, an exciting thing and a newfound relaxation thing. So, Ooh. my exciting thing is I know that we have talked on here about Mercury Stardust. Yeah, who love is her the world's best trans handyman? Mm-hmm. Um, and she came to speak at my eldest college. And I got, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so I get the I get a FaceTime call from my eldest, and <laughs> she's like, hold on, I have a surprise for you. And <gasps> gets to the front of the line and there's Mercury Stardust. I got to meet Mercury Stardust via FaceTime. That's amazing. She said she loved my glasses and all I could do is be like, hee. <laughs> and I was like, you're gorgeous. Um, and then they took a group photo and my eldest held their camera out the phone. So there's a little me on FaceTime in the picture with them. And dear Lord, she is every bit as delightful as you'd hope that she'd be. And she's pretty localist. I mean, she, she's from Madison. Right. Um, but yeah. So that was such a wonderful surprise. And I love it when people that I that I adore from a distance are the same way in person. Like that's always comforting. Um,
1: yes, that makes me very, very happy because most of the time you don't want to meet your heroes. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: And then I stumbled across a YouTube channel that I've kind of fallen in love with called the builder. And I think, uh, she must be on other things too. And I think, uh, her like at elsewhere is girl that builds Mm um oh girl the builder um and i should probably actually like find out more about her but they're all videos of this petite incredibly badass gal who goes into like the middle of the woods and single-handedly creates like An underground house with a fire and like a fireplace and like just all these different like basically I guess survival or you know like forest houses.
1: Can Uh, she be my girlfriend? Seriously, it is. And then she like cooks
0: herself a meal on like the fire, like just. But that sounds so soothing. It is. It is, and they're all different. Like sometimes, like it's you know mud and clay and she, there's a moss roof sometimes she's cutting down what looks like you know, wood or bamboo or like just it is incredible that she single-handedly does these and they're they're all just so delightful she's got uh one on one of them she hung like some solar-powered lights like twinkle lights and just uh yeah it is very soothing in a weird way like I I really like it. So that's my, that's my little plug for that. Uh, Because I think that, I think, I think a lot of our listeners would probably enjoy it too. Because, you know, you're making stuff, it's from the earth, old, old old-fashioned way. And I'm convinced that now I could probably create some kind of domicile in a post-apocalyptic world, thanks to these videos. But of course, I also think that I could, you know, kill a zombie. (laughs) So... You know, I i may be wishful thinking, but. I mean, I know
1: for certain that I can kick doors down and flip someone who is mm, six, three six, hundred 300 pounds over my back if I want to. I guess so. you're amazing. <laughs> no, it's because my center of gravity is really low. <laughs> so I feel like there are a lot of skills that... Latent skills that one might discover when one needs to. I can tell you what one of mine isn't, though. <laughs> Chopping wood with a hatchet. Oh, oh, there's oh a. Oh, my goodness. There's a female lumberjack on oh TikTok. Oh, my God. I love
0: her oh, so right? much. Right? I'm like, ah, there's another. There's, there's a couple of women on TikTok doing some amazing. Yeah. Like,
1: Do gist- you know the geologist? Who, no. The volcanologist? Oh, my gosh. Um, Speaking of hot gay ladies who are extraordinarily capable in their fields, um, there is a volcanologist who is exactly that. And I don't know why it fits in the set, but it It does. does.
0: Yeah, You say it does. Uh, It does. I fully back you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm really... um, I mean, it doesn't help that... The ceiling in my basement is low enough that I can't get, like, a full swing without being mildly concerned
0: that I will hit the gas line. Dude, just Um, your basement is mildly concerning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, have I ever taken you on a video tour? Not...
0: the basement that I will go into, not no. the basement I won't go into. No, you've not yet. I've seen photos of, like, from doorway, but I have not, <laughs> I have not seen, yeah, no, It's it's got some, instead of big dick energy, it's got Blair Witch energy. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, BW. there is. A hole in the ground covered with slats of wood that is casually also then covered by a rug Mm, that has been there for a hundred years. I would not look Mm. at that. I would not taunt it. (laughs) The wood is so old and worn so smooth that it's probably been there. I mean, my best guess is that it's a well. Yeah. But, um... But I'm also fairly certain there's a cistern in the back. I've also um, seen
0: things come, go in wells and come out of wells that, in horrible Things movies. that look like me, frankly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, so I, I will bring you down there with me. But I am, I am not great at um, splitting wood for kindling with a hatchet. I, I injured myself. Um, oh, no. And by injured myself, I mean, I got a blister on my hand because I'm prissy.
0: (laughs) My dad and his neighbor once built a log splitter.
1: Well, (laughs) and I need one. I've, oh, I've been shopping for some beautiful cast iron log splitters. Don't get me started. Um, I, I, yes, I, speaking of, um, of being, being prissy, I accidentally got baby bangs today i i think they're adorable i'm digging them oh i like them it's they're fine um i mean except that i'm 40 and i have forehead wrinkles but i feel very um very 90s and where's your glow sticks your junkos (laughs) i have both of those things and i can in fact tell you where they are
0: Somebody posted uh the big pants coming back and I was like oh, Ginkos and everybody's like you know the name of those I'm like hell yeah I know the name of those <laughs> Like um mm, yeah
1: yeah <laughs> Oh no I definitely still have a couple of pairs um at my mom's Nice Yeah they are um they were just fun <laughs> They were massive They're and like, as, as a human whose butt-to-waist ratio is really significant, <laughs> those pants looked truly absurd on me. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Anyway. Guess what I got this week? <gasps> what did you get? I got something I have wanted since I was a tiny, tiny child. <gasps> and I'm so excited. I got an actual card
0: catalog. <gasps> That's a holy yep. grail for me, man.
1: Ugh. 60 drawers, nice. all of them still there, all of them with hardware, and it's um, like three columns, and each column has like the pullout table, so you can set the drawer oh, on it once yes. you pull out. Oh my God i paid far too much for it and i don't care
0: (laughs) i once Um, tried to explain the whole car catalog thing to my offspring and i was like i'm a little sad that you didn't get to experience you know looking up things in one and they're both like we're we're fine we're fine with not having to i don't think you are though (laughs) you don't know you don't know the feeling of picking a topic for a paper and then going to the library to get the books on it and somebody else beat you to it and there was no alternative you you had to pick a whole new topic because that was it there was no going on to the internet to find the things at best if your parents had the encyclopedia britannica you had like a pair like a couple pages in one of the but i had a 1950s encyclopedia set yeah my parents had an old one too Mm -hmm. but yeah Oh. oh, I'm so happy for you.
1: That's yeah, so amazing. I'm so excited. It's sitting in my kitchen right now because I can't get it up the stairs. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. And I'm not really sure how I'm going to get it up here because it took four
0: people to get it off of a truck, like four <laughs> adults. Okay. So hear me um, out. The next family holiday that you host? Mm, I don't want, I, see... It's
1: the way I'm going to finally put the things that have been in the boxes behind me since I moved here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put them away. Yeah. And I need to move that up here so I can put them
0: away. Okay. So then you create a family holiday. You offer at least, I mean, you're from the Midwest. Oh, but see, yeah, the family there is not Midwestern. I was like. uh, No, no. I was going to say. I was gonna say Midwest. You offer some pizza, and they're there. Like your old family will show up and move. Oh together. yeah,
1: I know how to coax a Midwestern family. Right. A case of PBR. Yep. And pizza. Yep. Like that's how you get the, if, you the, you if, do you do if you need the If you need the mom, and-
0: see it's a hot dish casserole, and
1: you're good oh yeah absolutely or you ask them to bring a hot dish casserole yeah. because even they live if they're coming it. to help you they want to
0: <laughs> yeah they live for that shit yep absolutely oh, be like God. i'll make the fluff if you bring the casserole Woo.
1: i mean maybe i just need to yell something like get over here kid!" <laughs> isn't isn't that the isn't calling everybody kid a boston thing yeah i think so um get in the car there
0: we go or don't they have uh what is it called taskmasters is that it well I, yes i there are
1: absolutely ways i could get this done it's that i don't want
0: to interface with humans true true i mean yeah. there's got to be a pulley system we could come up with.
1: i told jeremy that i needed a piano crane <laughs> And uh, <laughs> he questioned whether or not I would be able to fit things truly in the windows. And, I mean, I have really, I, I have windows significantly taller and wider than I am. Yeah. I don't see the problem here. <laughs> yeah. Just saying.
0: Ugh.
1: Uh, anyway, I apologize to any and all New Englanders listening for my really bad Boston accent. But you see, if I try any harder, then it just turns into Midwest. Yay. Yeah, yeah. And that is a really <laughs> weird combination.
0: Indeed. You know what time yeah. it is? <gasps> what time? It's time to take a quick little break to thank all of our Sweet Baby Angel Fantastic Curiosity Shop members yes, over on Patreon. Yes, we love you. Patreon. With a special, totally normal, yep. and not at all creepy mm-hmm. welcome to our newest member, Marie Broderick, who Yay. I believe is from across the pond.
1: And probably hates hearing that, but we love saying it <laughs> I so much. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, but also not sorry. Welcome um, to the chaos. <laughs> yes, welcome you. You specifically. Yes. You're the best. The best. And we would totally go explore hidden old graveyards in the woods with you. And I know where several are. Absolutely. And And that's not a threat. No. That's a promise.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, And if you're listening and you want in on this fun, not only are you going to get fun stuff like we've mentioned before, you're also going to get like a huge backlog of patreon only episodes i think we just recorded i think the last one was uh episode 60 60? yeah i believe uh and 61 i will actually give you a foreshadowing a little bit on today's episode but uh yeah there is a plethora of uh, episodes and backlogs um and you'll get to hear there's even one with my offspring we did a halloween episode uh you'll get to hear the cats because cats be catting. And uh, yeah, it's and little... my mom came on and yep. talked about UFOs at some yes. point. Yes. Oh my god, that was a great episode. So yeah, <laughs> just a lot of you get to get a little, I guess, less formal because you know we're so fucking formal. Oh, <laughs> so
1: formal. <laughs> like I didn't say fuck within the first thirty seconds.
0: Um, also, I want to give a shout out and a thank you to uh, the "I Need a Nickname" review that we got on Apple. that we had not actually seen but if you are listening I want to hug you unless you do not like to be touched I will air hug you but thank you it is it is one of the sweetest reviews that I have ever in my life um thank you that's all it absolutely is I just felt we needed to shout her out
1: oh yes it made me smile (laughs) so much and also you know, there's no hurry to uh, to become a Patreon member. Right. It'll happen someday. Yeah. It's fine. It's, we still love you. Absolutely. Indeed. Yeah, you you really, truly
0: made our day. <laughs> you did. You did uh, indeed. So, yes. yeah, what you got for us today? Oh, well, would you
1: like me to tell you about Black Cat Superstitions and Lore? Oh,
0: would i love me there's there was a black kitty that somebody posted uh and it was really hard for me not to be like i will drive to there and get you i
1: feel like, that way oh. multiple time <laughs> day. yeah yeah
0: it's it's a, problem, yeah, a problem i don't know that ron swanson and leslie mope would be yeah receptive to to another one
1: <laughs> i feel the same way about mr big stuff Uh, The kittens, well, Phryne would probably just ignore, and Jack would
0: enthusiastically harass. Yeah, I think it would be getting when they're tiny that's easier. I think some kind of maternal or fraternal, some parental kind of Yeah, that didn't work
1: so well with the kittens and Biggie.
0: Oh, I suppose, yeah.
1: Yeah, he was just like, nah, man, absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) Um, But whatever, they snuggle now. Oh. Only because it's cold in here. Yeah, you know, take what you can get. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, obviously, I am personally a card-carrying member of the Black Cat Club. I have two of them. Um, one of them is the aforementioned Mr. Big Stuff. Yes. Who is a large and lumbering, friendly giant um, <laughs> with huge fuzzy feet and I love him dearly um he also took over my day yesterday because he had a blood sugar emergency and that takes about three plus hours to sort out yeah and he's he's 13 so he doesn't bounce back in quite the way he uh he used to or at least as quickly but he's all good um And black cat number two in my life is Phryne, who is very sneaky, very (laughs) spooky, and very small. And she has teeny, teeny, tiny feet, which are the cutest, except for when they are leaving a trail across my freshly cleaned counter. (laughs) Which is always Always. when they're visible, because that's just how cats work. Like, oh, that's clean? Um, Let me claim
0: it hmm
1: exactly and um she also her favorite thing to do is haunting our parlor at night okay she every night parks it in the same spot stares at the same thing and like i see ghosts and i have no <laughs> idea what she's looking at and she does that and stays downstairs all night she's guarding Yep, and she, she does, and then she comes up to bed after breakfast in the morning. So, I mean, she, she's tiny and feisty, so all right. Um, and I have at least one black ghost cat that uh-huh. hangs out in the kitchen. There are several ghost cats that all hang out in the kitchen, um, <laughs> which I did not know. Until I shut the kitchen door when we were having construction and I still kept seeing cats. I thought that I was just seeing my cats. No, I was not. (laughs) So I guess I have
0: more cats now. But whatever. At least you don't have to worry about their litter box.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And so black cats are kind of a lifestyle Mm -hmm. in my house. And yes they're kind of spooky yes they're kind of weird sometimes but they're also my favorite and they oh my dad just texted me <laughs> oh hi dad um <laughs> anyway so they are also my favorite and their weirdness is one of the things that delights me the most um I wouldn't say this is an example of a, a black cat being lucky, but it's certainly a black cat being one with nature. <laughs> um, so, Friny, my my tiny cat, has a forbidden love affair <laughs> happening I at the it. moment with the skunk that lives under my house. And when I say that the skunk lives under my house, I mean literally lives in a hole under my house that is between my side door, the porch of my side door, and the bay windows in my dining room. So, like, right there. And this happens to also be one of the least airtight spaces (laughs) in my house. And so, I was downstairs the other day and heard Franny making a noise. And I thought that, like, we've had some horny cat incidents. Yeah. Not my cats, <laughs> but cats that were outside behaving like ghosts. Um, and I thought that that's what was going on. But then, I like, Franny's plastered up against the window. And... I get closer and closer, and she's definitely looking at something outside. And as I get right up next to her, I see the skunk (laughs) also plastered up against the window (laughs) with, like, its little nose on the glass, and Phryne's nose is on the glass, and, like, you guys and then it became very stinky oh, but, oh yeah so um it's so stinky so, cute literally yeah so I have uh two black cats and one skunk that thinks she's a black cat <laughs> like, like the cartoon with Peppy Le Pew. yes exactly um although she is beautiful the the skunk mm-hmm. I we got to see her right after we moved in um with her babies oh and, god skunk babies yeah And she's not super into spraying, except during skunk mating season, which is now. Mm. Um, So, like, it's generally fine, and she is beautiful, but, oh, black cats. Anyway, (laughs) that was a whole tangent, but we're just going to roll with it. Rolling. Rolling right along. Yep. So, most of the time in the U.S., we are only hear about the spooky side of black cat lore and superstition but there are actually many different interpretations of black cats throughout history which is kind of fun so uh, we're gonna start not shockingly at all <laughs> in egypt <Yay! laughs> yeah so as most people know cats were largely domesticated in ancient Egypt and that's because the they were a mutually beneficial partnership. Um, The cats wanted to eat pests. The people wanted the cats to eat pests. Then the cats wanted to come sleep somewhere comfy and the people were like, oh, kitty. Yes. And so they uh naturally evolved throughout these relationships into a symbol of protection um, for a household and connection to deities because of that protection. But it started out as protecting the household from vermin. Um, which I, I like that I like that a very um, natural task four cats also is the reason that they are then deified later Mm -hmm. um so uh bestet who is the egyptian goddess of protection pleasure and good health okay like you do um (laughs) and many other things because we don't limit ourselves as goddesses Uh -uh, we do it all yeah um So she was either depicted as a female body with the head of a cat or sometimes just as um, a cat figure. And uh, Bastet was the daughter of the sun god Ra. And one of the stories behind her mythology is that at night she would turn into a cat to protect her. Um, her father from serpents and specifically the serpent Apep Mm. which I guess was one of the main enemies um, that was a threat to the sun god and so there are lots of depictions in um, art and also within grave goods that connect with Cats fighting off serpents and things like that. And so that was probably one of the main things that they protected people from, which stresses me out a lot to right? think about. But also, okay. All right. Um, so uh, Bastet is... Like I said, the goddess of many different things and also many op- sometimes opposing things. So, like fertility and also violence. But also the moon. Okay. <laughs> um, and the moon plus cats plus deities sort of becomes a theme. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. In, in this episode. But um, much like cats that are. Both extremely independent and also will sleep on your lap. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's interesting that that um, that personality is even woven into the mythological personality of cat-related deities. It is. Yes, and um, something I especially like is that modern followers of Bestet believe that she um cast protection over modern cats um so like you know the cats having nine lives sort of thing yeah it's related to that and one of her sacred colors was black um, which is likely one of the origins of black cat lore as a whole
0: so that's kind of fun It all makes sense yeah also it's delightful to know that cats have been cats like <laughs> oh cats are just cats like it it just cats be catting for a very long time
1: <laughs> yeah I, that is also a recurring theme here so um hecate has joined the chat now okay <laughs> so hecate is um a greek goddess mm-hmm. and given her interests i think she and I would probably match on Tinder. (laughs) I actually have no idea how Tinder works because I have been married for a long, long time. (laughs) But just go with me on this. Um, So in Greek mythology, Hecate is associated with witchcraft, Mm -hmm. magic, the moon, doorways, creatures of the night, death, and spooky shit. And so like, same girl. Sign me up. Same. (laughs) Yep. Um, and it's unsurprisingly really common in modern witchcraft to bring this goddess into spiritual and spell work. Mm -hmm. So I know an awful lot of witches who include Hecate in their normal practices and have, um, altar goods specifically, uh, for Hecate, um, I mean, and, more
0: so than any other deity that I know witch-wise. Yeah. I mean, just amongst my witchy friends, you know. But for the most part, I think,
1: yeah. Yeah, I can think of a of a few, especially in Celtic lore, mm-hmm. um, that also are part of that. But there's, like, Hecate is the top witch yeah. in the general realm of goddesses that um, modern pagan witches will still still um petition (laughs) i mean interact with worship revere there are uh, none of those sound right i was just gonna say fuck with (laughs) there you go fuck with um so (laughs) now i can't uh, oh gosh anyway so hecate also has a familiar who is a black cat
0: nice.
1: um, yes. or I, I think that we sort of assume that the cat is black. I don't know that there's actual historical evidence of the specific color, um, but it's kind of assumed that she has a black cat um, and her cat happens to have been a maid who was turned into a cat by the goddess Hera because said maid had been rude. So. Oh. I mean, yeah, there's so worse Hocketing's things. Familiar to... <laughs> is a, uh, a, a woman with a spell cast on <laughs> <her>. <laughs> um, Which I'm sure kind of sucks. So I, I just thought that was sort of a funny aside because, I mean, makes sense. I knew that Hecate had a cat, but I don't think I knew that part before <laughs> I started researching. Um, so, you know, witches with cats. That's been a thing since ancient Greece, which is actually earlier than I thought, even though I knew Hecate had a cat. I don't know. You know, brains. <laughs> but now we're going to tiptoe into some very familiar territory the catholic church oh boy (laughs) (laughs) right and i mean i guess the christian church largely because catholicism didn't exist yet where we're starting which is newly christian rome okay yeah yeah um so in newly christian rome the cats plus deities connection wasn't going so well um (laughs) according to these fancy new christians which is funny because christians had no problem stealing pig and shit (laughs) no and and this is like i think the year 350 or something (laughs) i'm talking about like this is um like we're still pretty pagan man yeah still pretty pagan like we're still turning festivals into fake christian holidays yeah yeah um but so according to roman christians cats were obviously pagan obviously familiars of witches and definitely too independent to be trusted i mean haters gonna hate right (laughs) But the funny thing is, their, quote, willful rebellion didn't sit right with the church <laughs> since Adam was supposed to have dominion over the animals. Um, and so I, I would just like to say that they had clearly not yet encountered a honey badger. <laughs> but nobody asked me. Or say, my cat. <laughs> they ha- They have never encountered Jack, who is an adorable ball of extraordinarily stubborn light um and so to further complicate matters since they were already like ugh, cats cats don't like men um in 1233 pope gregory the ninth insisted that heretics were now just buckle in for Uh, this one um (laughs) (laughs) that heretics were using black cats in their nighttime sex orgies with Lucifer. And Lucifer was apparently somehow also uh, showing up as half-cat. I thought he was goat. Yeah, I, I... I... I don't know. Okay, what? Um, like, this is literally something. I Like, this is from one of the Pope's big, like, rits. See, that...
0: the... <laughs> the drag queens are the problem. Come on. Oh. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Come on now. I mean, Satan in a cat costume. Fucking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who even thinks
0: of that shit?
1: It, right. And so it, it, it goes further. Oh, God. Um, by 1484, Pope Innocent VIII
0: I'm had really on gone name. all in.
1: <laughs> yeah, Ugh. I mean the the Pope's Innocent sort of like you're trying too hard, right? You're you're trying way too hard. But anyway, so he had gone all in, and uh, yeah, um, content alert, um, sad. Oh no! Go forward like fifteen seconds if you need to, um, but huge numbers of cats were killed <gasps> because it was believed that said cats might be witches in disguise, and you know how witches were historically killed. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh.
0: Um, Ron Swanson, cover your ears.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm not gonna go oh. any further than that.
0: But fuck him
1: yes yeah, so oh no they, they might be witches in disguise and also that Pope stated that the cats were the devil's favorite animal and idol of all witches and that was a direct quote also from one of the writings of the Pope that was distributed throughout Catholicism so yeah um
0: they had pussy envy
1: <laughs> i mean girl you need pussy control oh, <laughs> serious?
0: God. oh you damn you it now it's gonna be stuck in my head <laughs> can you imagine being that fucking insecure as a human being to and and here's the thing like if you Do you honestly think your God couldn't handle a cat? Like, I don't... (laughs) If your faith is that paper thin, like, I don't... Yeah, I mean,
1: there were literal... Like, there was literal church doctrine that was written about cats because cats were too willful and rebellious with regards to man
0: okay but hear me
1: out they're real scared of ladies like seriously but
0: according to our 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 beloved ancient egyptians cats fought off serpents right and wasn't the Mm -hmm. devil a fucking serpent
1: I mean, there are lots of things that might go into (laughs) the serpent category. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, unsurprisingly, even though we had flounced through the the schism and we had some Protestants and some Catholics running amok now, um, the pilgrims... Brought their anti-cat sentiments with them when they arrived in the now United States uh, to steal indigenous land, because you know, because
0: colonizers uh, and because colonizers
1: yeah. and also really insecure dudes. Seriously, um, yeah. So it turns out that the church overall really did a number on Western cat lore. And the superstitions about black cats, which were obviously really just the result of men panicking about smart and or independent women, still remain. Like, dudes were that scared of women that we still think black cats are bad luck.
0: It, it's, uh-huh. They're cats! I mean, like... Ron Swanson's a big boy. You've seen him. But even that, he's just a little cat. <laughs> Compared to a human being.
1: It's a- I mean, I think Ron Swanson and Biggie are not dissimilar in <laughs> in size. Although Ron Swanson is floofier than Biggie. <laughs> he does
0: have um, some floof going on. But yeah, yeah. like, I don't... I, I, just, I just can't imagine being that fragile of a human being <laughs> to be, like, anti I mean... <sighs> I mean... I, I can,
1: in fact, imagine it because I've seen yeah. fragile little male egos crumble oh. under the weight of literally anything. Man, they're fucking running yeah. rampant right now, but that's a whole other uh, episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, now that we've gotten to there and we know why black cats have kind of a bad reputation... I'm just going to tell you some of the lighter side, um, more fun uh, superstitions that are really weird and specific. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, in England and Ireland, sailors considered black cats to be good luck as mousers on ships and um, wives of seafaring men would often keep black cats at home to ensure their husband's safe return because um it was thought that the black cat had some sort of power and sway over that so that's kind of cute it is um and there are there's also lore that says a lady who owns a black cat will have many suitors, Ooh, you got and I'm wondering if that's because her husband is at sea. <laughs> Just saying, they were in, they were in the same line of this is lore from England and Ireland, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, that's that's pretty convenient. So. Let's move on to some pirates.
0: Pirates.
1: Pirates were confused. Yeah, happens. If a black cat is walking toward you, bad luck. Oh. If it's walking away from you, good luck. But if it walks onto a ship and then walks right the fuck back off, <laughs> you are so screwed. It's going to sink. Everyone's going to die. <laughs> Wow. Which I mean, kind of fair enough. <laughs> okay. I trust that cat to know better. If that cat's like, absolutely not, yeah. <laughs> um, so Scotland, there are mixed reviews of cats. Uh, Celtic folklore included a fae creature called Cat Sith. And I don't think that's probably how it's spelled or how it's pronounced. Um, I assume that's, uh, I have been learning Irish, and I know this is Scotland, but there are not, there are some similarities mm-hmm. in um, Gaelic pronunciations, and so I'm fairly certain that that isn't it. Anyway, reeling my autism back in, um, <laughs> This creature was a giant black cat with a white patch on its chest. Which I would just like to say is exactly like my tiny little friny cat. Oh! So I have a mini one um, that haunts my parlor. (laughs) Uh, And said cat might stomp around the Scottish Highlands. Uh, specifically to walk across the bodies of the newly dead to steal their souls before they had been buried properly. Uh, Which is kind of hilarious, since anybody who lives with a cat has been walked... You've had a cat walk across. They your
0: face. they walk across anything. They don't give a just if I if it fits I sit. If it's there I walk like it, the, it, mm-hmm. point A to yep. point B. So, like I will. I have woken up with a paw firmly on my face, convinced uh-huh. I thought I'm going to die. Cause, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: I understand. Yeah, yeah. Franny decided to curl up on my face recently,
0: <laughs> I was just like um. I I woke up in the middle of the night with Ron Swanson's asshole firmly pressed against my face and it was not pleasant <laughs> I was like sir I love that you're like full arm snuggler now but no oh. no no too far too far but yeah cats oh, no. don't gi- they don't give a fuck
1: no so uh, like that is the perfect embodiment of something that is just going to like randomly stroll on by and take your soul <laughs> like yeah i can see if
0: anything it. he was probably protecting him from like vermin <laughs> just,
1: and i agree that's exactly <laughs> what was happening there like somebody saw a big cat shadow mm-hmm. and um but yeah you know, whatever it's probably I mean, a guy who got is, his feels <laughs> yeah well mm-hmm. uh, he's a little emotional yeah mm-hmm. um but weirdly enough also in scotland if a just regular black cat shows up on your doorstep, it's a sign of prosperity and good luck. And sometimes they're
0: called money cats. Oh, nice. Yeah. But they can't have the white patch then? Can you imagine trying to check it for one? <laughs> you know, I. It doesn't
1: say anything about white patches. I'm going to go with any, like, majority black furred cat. Gotcha. Probably cats. Nice. But maybe. You, Entirely black cats have a little extra oomph.
0: A little extra um, oomph.
1: I don't know. Um, I wonder also if part of the um, Scotland fey cat is related to the um, lore that cats will steal your breath. Oh, yeah. Um, Because... I mean, they don't, but also they will curl up on your face. Right, right, And right. they will get really close to your face right. with their faces. Like, I can see where that came from. Right,
0: especially uh, with babies because of the milk on their bath.
1: Well, yeah, and they really want to know what that thing is making noise. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've told you before, and I probably mentioned it on the podcast, that um, some of Jeremy's friends were in town, and they had mm-hmm. a very, very newborn baby. Yes, Like, weeks old newborn baby. And they woke up in the middle of the night to the baby fussing, and it was so new that like the baby fussing didn't wake anybody else up, mm-hmm. because it didn't have the lung capacity to do that yet. <laughs> Um, But when they turned the light on, all three of my cats were around the bassinet, (laughs) just looking in. Like, not doing anything. None of them got in the bassinet, but they were all just, like, having an audience. (laughs) It was a meeting. They were trying to decide what to do. Yep, cat meeting.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Walking out of cat uh, meetings is always weird. It is weird. It's like, yeah, it's like walking into a cult.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and they just look at you and slam their briefcases (laughs) shut. Never mind, man. Um, Yeah, so moving on to Wales. Um, Welsh folklore holds that black cats are good for keeping disease away from home. Okay. So uh, somebody paid attention during the plague. Right.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cats kill vermin, vermin carry disease. Yeah.
1: And speaking of. Europe during the plague times. They thought cats, and especially black cats, were sent by the devil to spread the disease. Mm. Which is funny, because cats were actually the thing that could save them. Right, Because fleas on rats. Uh, There's also some research um, that I don't think there's a large enough sample size, but it indicates that the genetic variants that cause black cats um, also might protect from certain diseases. Huh. Um, so it's entirely possible that black cats were especially good yeah. for that, specifically. Um, so, yeah, they definitely did a lot of... Uh, shall we say removal
0: of <laughs> yes.
1: cats um during precisely the time when they needed cats the most
0: yeah not so. great
1: no but apparently Wales got the memo yeah the welsh good on them yeah i mean i actually don't know if they also were wound up about cats but it seems that they came out of they had the more sense times. about them than <laughs> yeah so i don't know um and this is an especially weird one in france some folklore says that plucking a white hair from a black cat without getting scratched is good luck which like I...
0: what I... <laughs> are, are you coming for the fae cat okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean if you can pluck something off a cat and not get thwapped i mean that's i mean that's that's lucky but
1: well i mean or you have mr big stuff who <laughs> gets shots multiple times a day and it's just like whatever <laughs> i love you um
0: i don't have to pluck yeah. anything although uh ron swanson gets like stray crap in his eye and i have to oh god me too <laughs> biggie
1: also, I mean, I think clean it pretty out. much all rescue cats, because that's feline herpes.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Uh,
1: I mean, it's just a virus. Ron Swanson, you have herpes. But, like, like I, I said, I think that literally all cats um, <laughs> from a shelter situation or a cat colony situation do yeah i mean sort he of was like the upper respiratory issues oh
0: the, yeah the kennel coffee stuff whatever that is mm-hmm. which because. is also
1: i think feline herpes it might be sorry,
0: um, I um anyway
1: that was not necessarily <laughs> a road i was going to go down um so uh, moving on to egypt they love a black cat obviously we know that um in western cultures broadly if a black cat crosses your path, it's a death omen. But in Germany, it's more complicated uh, because Germans. Um, <laughs> so crossing, if, if the black cat crosses your path from right to left, okay. it's a bad omen. Okay. Um, but if it's from left to right, it's a good omen. And I wonder if that has to do with right-hand magic and left-hand magic Uh, and
0: paganism? Yeah. Um, I mean, left is bad for... God, even... So my dad went to Catholic school, uh, and the nuns used to smack him because he was left-handed. And so, I mean, it's... Which just, again, kind of fucked up logic is that. (laughs)
1: exactly um and in my final sort of weird cat lore list is um comes from chilean folklore oh where a black cat is apparently a very important thing to have on hand when hunting the treasure of the carbuncle which is a legendary small animal that either has treasure or a lucky gemstone that will bring you good fortune. So if you want to steal that, you're gonna need a black cat. Oh. Okay. I am somewhat unclear why. I don't know. Maybe it's to distract and chase this small animal. I'm I'm not really sure. I'd but probably watch that
0: movie. I don't
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um and I'm not sure if any of that is sinister. Okay. So, yeah. but <laughs> I thought that was interesting that, specific, <laughs> that specific you would want a black cat for <laughs> that. Um, indeed. So yeah, that is a not comprehensive but um, broad look at
0: some black cat lore and superstitions that's amazing and some of those i had absolutely no idea on yeah i
1: definitely did not know the ins and outs of say pirate
0: black cat lore. <laughs> <laughs> right like hmm, all right well when it comes to witches and animals after cats you know we need to talk corvids uh, specific obviously things, specifically ravens and crows and specifically in regards regards to like european witchy folklore because that's our lane uh, uh yeah there's oh yeah
1: did i tell you can i interrupt yeah you absolutely just a second when i got home from visiting new york which i mm. probably haven't mentioned on the podcast i went to new york to hang out um and when i got The moment I got out of the car in my driveway, Hmm. an entire murder of crows flew over and just started circling my house. She's
0: home! Yeah, (laughs)
1: and I was like, Jeremy, did you tell the crows I was coming home? (laughs) And he just looked up and he's like, I think they know. (laughs) awesome. And I was like, "Yes. yes. Yes. And so I just... Stood there on the ground and smiled and excitedly fidgeted at the (laughs) crows who were flying over and there were so many of them. Nice. Okay, I'm done.
0: (laughs) That's a good story. Um, So I do want to say that many indigenous tribes have very significant ties to these birds, um, especially ravens. And I do encourage you to read some indigenous sources to learn more. Mm-hmm. But again, not our lane, so I'm not going to be the one to go down that route. So, um, now before we before before we run on into this, uh, first a little fun fact about me and birds. Um, I think I've mentioned before that my bestie growing up had uh, and her parakeet, which gave me a borderline fear of birds. Yes, uh, and like I break out in stress hives going through the aviary at any zoo how did you end up with birds i'm sorry <laughs> no, no, they no, no, i no, no, gave no. you the birds but hear me out in true okay. natalie fashion this does not extend to birds of prey tiny oh. birds i shouldn't fear hives giant or potentially dangerous birds let me hug you i uh, mean i am who birds i am <laughs>
1: that big are smart like if they win <laughs> they deserve to win
0: so, yeah, I just, I am who I am. Uh, All right. So I'm going to kick this <laughs> off with a very common question, uh, and that mm-hmm. is, what is the difference between crows and ravens? Um, <gasps> so both. I know. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, both are indeed corvids, and both mm-hmm. are blackbirds that look very, very similar. Uh, yes. For starters, ravens are larger, think, like, red-tailed hawk size. And they often. Yeah, they're way bigger. And they often travel in pairs. A flock of ravens is called an unkindness. Crows travel. And the name of that is like the only part, like the only time ravens don't run up crows. Uh, crows travel in larger groups called a murder. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> ravens have a longer, they have longer middle feathers. So... When mm-hmm. they flare their tail out, it looks more wedge-shaped, um, than, uh, a crow's. A crow's resembles, like, a fan, because they're all pretty equal. Mm-hmm. In the air, ravens soar, whereas crows do more of the flappy-flapping. On the, on the ground, raven's little strut includes, uh, two-footed hops, um, oh how fancy they are a little fancy they do a little dance uh and while crows caw and purr ravens croak and scream bloody murder so kind of a frog banshee vibe yeah i saw my first wild
1: raven here calling to its mate oh and that bird was so big yeah like it was in the top of a very, very, very tall tree, and it looked huge. Yeah. And, oh my god, I could hear it all the way back to my house. <laughs> it was so
0: loud. It was really cool. Ah, uh, so if you find yourself face-to-face with a raven, mm-hmm. you'll notice that its beak is bigger and curved, and it's the bristles at the base of its beak are longer than that of a crow's. And they also rock some, like, shaggy throat feathers. Uh, so we're going to start out with uh, going deeper into the crows, because I think crows are probably more common and people pretty much are more aware of them. But uh, so they're literally called common crows, right? <laughs> uh, crows and the folklore surrounding them uh, are most often associated with death, transition and other realms. So they're often believed across various cultures to be able to act as a portal between worlds. So a messenger across the veil it could be because, hey, they're blackbirds and they give off that vibe, but uh, another reason could be how crows seem to mourn their own death. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one dead crow and another to spot it. The live crow will release an alert, which is harsh and urgent, and before you know it, there's a mob of crows that arrives. And sometimes it's a handful, sometimes it's up to sixty or seventy, depending on like the population. Basically, if a crow hears it, it's coming. Yep. So some of them will settle in a circle around the deceased. Others will perch in trees or along like telephone wires nearby. The crows will remain silent and still for a short time and then break into a chorus of calls. And they cycle through this silence and kind of, I don't know, aggravation hullabaloo for like 15 to 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, all at once, they'll just up and fucking leave. Like Just boop, they're out. Um, it is believed hmm. that this ritual not only serves as a funeral to mourn the loss, but also as a meeting to determine the cause of death and if any danger is near that's going to affect them. Mm-hmm. Crows are incredibly clever, mm-hmm. their brains measure about the size of a human thumb relative to body size, their brains are more in line with a mammal, even a primate. According to John Martzloof, a CORVID cognition researcher at University of Washington. Man, I (laughs) want to be one of those. Right. Uh quote, there are a couple of ways to solve problems the environment throws at you. You can reproduce like crazy and basically try to flood the market with your progeny and hope that you will do well. Or you can evolve with the strategy of being thoughtful and smart crows have that second strategy. So 14 years ago, Martzloff caught and tagged crows at the University of Washington campus as part of the study that he was doing. He wore a caveman mask while doing it. (gasps) Oh, this is that guy. Yeah, because he knew that the crows might have recognized him just from being regularly on campus. Mm -hmm. To this day, when he wears that mask and walks on campus, crows scream at him. And some of these birds were not even remotely alive 14 years ago. Quote, they cool. have spread the that information culturally by social learning, Martzloff says. Sort of like a don't-talk-to-strangers lesson that human parents pass along to their young. To learn from one another to take things at face value like that isn't something that's gonna ha- that happens with all species. So given all of this, it is definitely clear that crows would represent death and be seen as messengers between the realms. Um, Right. And that makes sense. Uh, One of the most famous connections between uh, crows and witchcraft is the Morrigan, which is a Celtic goddess that often appears as a crow or raven, depending on where you read. And I'll get to that in a bit, too. But if you would like to hear a deep dive on her... Join our Patreon as I'll be covering her in the next episode. I'm so excited. I have not looked into this any further because I want to hear. So in my research, I have found that crows and ravens have been often mistaken for each other. And the names pretty much interchangeably used for any big ass blackbird for er, centuries So let's get into Poe's bestie, ravens. Now, Mm -hmm. while Poe's mental health may have been in question, it is entirely possible that his raven did quote Nevermore. Uh, Because, you see, ravens have a vast repertoire of over a hundred or more vocalizations. Mm -hmm. With their deep voice, ravens can mimic human speech and singing and can imitate other bird and animal sounds. Now, while crows may be, also be trained to talk, ravens just, they're like one-uppers on everything. So, <laughs> while crows are considered clever, ravens, again, take that shit up a notch. They often work in pairs to acquire food. When One one raven will lure a parent bird away from its nest while the other swoops in to feed on the eggs or hatchlings. Oh,
1: don't do that, guys. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, a little sad. Uh, they've also been known... Um, and pretty frequently, to call and lead wolves to a carcass so that the wolf can tear the animal open. Oh, yeah. And the ravens can then pop on by and take the soft parts and the stuff that the wolves didn't eat. They have also been known. (laughs) This kills me. They've also been known, and this is like a repeated thing. It's not like just a one-time myth thing. They've been known to pull ice fishermen's lines up from icy waters just as a fish has hit. <laughs> so they can steal the fish.
1: I I feel like if that happens to you, you just have to let the bird have it.
0: You got it. you like, like, okay. All right, you won. Right, you win. Exactly. So they're not just assholes, though. Uh, <laughs> young ravens. uh are often witnessed playing catch in the air. So like one will drop oh. a stick and the other will like swoop and grab it before it hits the ground. Uh, so That's adorable. They uh, they may not mourn their dead as crows do, but they do well to keep their living. Um, they, they're good like that. So according to the Audubon Society Encyclopedia of North American Birds, ornithologist John Trustrell writes, Corvid have probably achieved the highest degree of intelligence to be found in any birds. Irene Pepperberg of the University of Arizona goes further to state that COVID shared the cognitive capacity of many primates. So what does folklore say about these little smarty pants? (laughs) Dinosaurs. So I know I said I was going to keep it to like European folklore, but I, you know, I... I'm bringing in the Bible because I find it fucking hilarious that it's super contradictory. So, uh, I mean,
1: I think that that's fine. The Bible has
0: brought itself into every other conversation. (laughs) Right. Uh, So the Raven in it is both shunned and praised. First, Noah, super pissed because apparently the Ravens didn't let him know that the flood was receding. I didn't know they were. How is that the Ravens business? Exactly. Uh, But later, Ravens are considered protectors of the prophets. And it's said that they fed Elijah and Paul the Hermit in the wilderness. Also, I think it's funny that it's Paul the Hermit. Like, I wish they all had, like, borderline mafia guys' names. Because it would make the Bible a lot more interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. They were also said to have helped St. Cuthbert and St. Bernard, whoever the flip they are. I don't know, but they helped them in contradictory christian traditions ravens represent the solitude of the holy hermits yet they also represent the souls of wicked priests and witches (laughs) make it make sense guys like you do right so europeans also seem fond of contradictions uh since ravens can be taught to speak and have a complex vocabulary of their own they're often connected symbolically to both wisdom and prophecy during Christian times, however, they had, you know, quite a few strikes kind of going against them. Black, considered a negative color. They ate rotten meat and they often paired up with man's oldest enemy, wolves. Uh, dun dun dun. Right, and I did not know so much of the raven-wolf connection, but it seems pretty deep. And I'm going to look into that oh, a There's,
1: um, and in, there's a whole video on it that, um... Oh, what's her face? She's a Corvid researcher um, who is very on Instagram and TikTok. I'll send you the link. But there's, uh, she does a whole breakdown. Um, and her, I think her PhD is in crow death rituals. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yes. So she's cool. So I um, I will send you a link to the um, crow and wolf combination thing. Very cool. Uh
0: So yeah, in many Western traditions, ravens represent darkness, destructiveness, and evil. They are sometimes associated with deities of evil and of death. Both witches and the devil were both said to be able to take the shape of a raven. The pagan Danes and Vikings used the raven banner on their ships in Odin's honor. The flags typically sewn by the daughters of the great warriors and kings were tokens of luck on their voyages. Houses where ravens nested were also thought to be lucky. Odin himself had two ravens, Hugin, which is thought and moon in memory, who flew around the world delivering messages, gathering knowledge and reporting back to him. Cool. One of Odin's many titles is Hrafnagud, I'm probably butchering that, uh, which is the god of ravens. Uh, mm. Odin's daughters, the warlike Valkyries, were sometimes said to take the shape of ravens. And Norse. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool. Uh, In Norse shamanic tradition, Odin's ravens represent the power of necromancy, clairvoyance, and telepathy, and they were guides for the dead. Hmm. Uh, In Central Europe, um, you're going to let me know that I butchered this. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Walpergisnacht. April. Walpergis. The witch's night, right? Yes.
1: Walpergisnacht. Yes.
0: April 30th. German witches fly to Brocken Mountain in Harz Mountains for the Great Witches' Sabbath in the shape of their familiars, ravens and groves. Let's see, Western Europe in England. Yeah, I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. It's Walpurgisnacht. Yes, sorry. That <laughs> much better uh-huh, than I did. Anyway. <laughs> in England, tombstones are sometimes called raven stones. Um, amongst cool. the Irish. Celts, they associate, uh, Raven with, uh, the Morgan uh, and, um, say that she took the shape of a raven versus a crow over the battlefields as chooser of the state slain. She was also a protector of warriors. Um, Raven is also the totem of the pan-Celtic sorceress goddess Morgan le who who is also called the queen of the fairies. We do not fuck with the Fay. In Mm -hmm. some tales, she is queen of the dark fairies, who were a race of tricksters who often took the form of ravens. Hmm. Um, Irish and Scotch banshees uh, were also said to be able to take the shape of ravens as they cried above a roof, an omen of death in the household below. But given how ravens sound, they just scream like fucking banshees. Um, It's true. So that is uh, very broad, but uh, I mean pretty thorough i mean it's it is what it is uh trip through corbids specifically ravens and crows and their role in folklore and also you know it is interesting just the um the interchanging of the two amongst folklore it's hard to pick apart who had it right um and you don't want to necessarily lump them together because they are two very different birds and they look alike, but I think that their personalities, I mean, one of them who is more protective of the living, much more uh, less community orientated, like runs in a smaller, smaller pack and runs with wolves uh, versus one that, you know, mourns their dead and has like a s- significant ritual around that um for yeah that's just so fascinating to me it is it's just the differences based on the similarities are fascinating um and there is a study where this woman took um <laughs> she walked into like a park with the um a taxidermied crow <laughs> and put it down to see Don't do that <laughs> to, to see if it would have the same effect and it did not, and like, and they won't do it with any other birds. It is specifically a dead crow, um, like. Oh yeah, like they knew better, right? Like, <laughs> like <nah>. robin, net, <laughs> you know, finch, whatever. All those little, nope. It's got to mm-hmm. be specifically a crow.
1: Um, so yeah. my mom got in a fight with the crows in <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, my yard when she was here. No, no. <laughs> so they yell at each other every mm. time they see each other.
0: Yeah, that's never going to go away now. <laughs>
1: that's it. <laughs> nope. Nope. They yell at my mom every time
0: she walks out the door. That's funny. Uh, because she yelled at them. I, I think it's fascinating. Um, and I would like to know from like a evolutionary point why those two birds specifically – uh, and I know there's other birds, too, that are domestic, that can t- speak or mimic. Um, but. Yeah, but they're so smart. They're so smart. Like, it's not just smart. They're clever. <sighs> yes. Like, it's it's one thing to be smart. It's another thing to be witty and clever. Like, there, there was a study with, and it was with crows. But, so, this guy put two crows, um, <sighs> Betty and, I can't remember the other one's name, but I just love that it was a crow named Betty. Mm -hmm. I want to say, like, Betty and Pat or something. But put these two crows in a cage, and um, there was a tube that had meat in it. And there was a couple pieces of wire. The crows literally fashioned a hook out of that wire and got the meat out. Yeah, they worked together, didn't they? Yeah, like, it's just... And there's... They don't even have paws, let alone opposable thumbs, like they're dealing no just and just to know that a fish had hit on a line like just and to pair up with wolves versus another carnivore wild animal like it just it's so fascinating to me um and i know that when i so my mom i guess my mom had a talking crow when she was little But we used to also, my dad, um, one of the credit unions that he belonged to, they had a talking crow in the lobby, and I used to like to go and talk to it. Um, And it was fun. But again, you know, you put a fucking parrot in front of me, and I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I just like the big, creepy, dangerous ones, or owls. (laughs) But parrots don't,
1: I don't know, I don't connect with them in the same way. Like, they seem sort of random or they they seem like
0: toddlers right to me whereas crows seem like tricky preteens right right <laughs> oh they are they're like middle school girls man
1: uh-huh. uh-huh and i like that because i think they're weird and fun and interesting and also i do not understand them
0: right and I-, I have some of my own <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um so it was sad to me that they're they, I guess they don't have, like, their own specific entity. That they're are that mixed up so much. Um, but I get it, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, especially, I mean, back then, I'm sure that the differences were probably not. And they're not. They're not super noticeable if you're not, like, looking for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you see them next to each other. Right. Like, I don't think I realized until, like, there are crows in the woods behind my house that I am really excited to make friends with. Mm -hmm. And apparently they know who I am now. Um, And I'm going to spend the summer like trading things with them and like trying to make friends with them because crows are fucking cool. They are. But I don't think, um, like I have seen crows and ravens in Captain, Mm -hmm. and i've seen crows and lots of crows in the wild but the first time i saw a raven in the wild like and i was just on a walk through my neighborhood like it was i just happened to you know live in rural vermont (laughs) Uh, but it was so big that i am pretty sure That, like, I'm a relatively small human, Mm -hmm. but it was big enough that I would be afraid of it if, like, if it was, if it was mad at me, Mm -hmm. I, I would, I'm not sure that I would win that fight.
0: I would die because I would
1: try to hug it. (laughs) I, well, I would also try to give it something shiny,
0: but, um. I don't know that ravens are the same with the shiny things. Yeah, I things. don't
1: know. I mean, crows like shiny yeah, things. Crows love shiny. Um, well, I talked to the raven when it was up there, and it talked back at me, but not in the same way that crows do. Um, it, like it,
0: it was like, "Yes, we have some you exist. honking ass birds around us." I mean, because we've got eagles, we've got hawks, we've got, and when you see, we there was, uh, I don't no it was specifically why are one time there was an eagle in the middle of the road eating some carcass and the, the cars we waited you, it was not moving well, yeah because that's a big answer. it was not moving and you can't hit it like it <laughs> we're like all right enjoy your breakfast um yeah. just listen to this podcast and chill for a while um yeah. and then
1: i saw bald eagles in nests when i was in vancouver
0: um in Canada.
1: and holy shit like I absolutely would fit in those nests.
0: Like they really are majestic that, but as no, fuck, but no for real. Yeah. Like I am good with Mirka. I'm good with the bird cuz they are majestic yep. as fuck, but then like the other day we were driving to They don't make that noise though. No. <laughs> no. They
1: they make a really stupid noise.
0: <laughs> They're not. Yeah. Um but there was a uh, it was it, ugh, it was a hawk and it must have been ravens because they were like the same size. I mean, just a, hawks are so cool. Just chilling on the side of the road, and there was no carcass there. And I was like, "That's they're having a meeting. They're having some like, kind of like, mm, what are you doing? Right? It, it, it felt you're like starting like was, a call. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's. I think that day that I saw the raven, mm-hmm. I also saw an owl, like oh. a big one, yeah. um, that was. On the other side, um, there's like a water reservoir and I was walking around mm-hmm. it. And on the other side, I think there was an owl just sort of hanging out. On, I can love owls. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was cool. But it was so big. And there was um, someone who um, I think was blind instantly some variety. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they had a little bit of sight, but not much. And, um, asked what that giant thing was <laughs> and asked if it was a bird. And, um, because they're, they a little dog who is mm-hmm. going nuts. And I was like, oh, that's a gigantic owl. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's large. And it, I'm not sure how big owls usually are because the internet likes to show me tiny owls. Yeah, um, I think
0: it varies on the breed.
1: But I think this was a pretty normal owl, and it was significant. Yeah, I think
0: it might have been like a, a barn. owl I was gonna or say something. barn owls are, are they're big. They'll walk off with yeah. Their, yeah they'll take a cat, a kitten. They'll just swoop, swoop.
1: yeah. I mean the wingspan. Mm-hmm. It, it's the wingspan and then the head that turns all the way around. <laughs> like th- you are possessed. Yeah. What is okay? <laughs> like you can go ahead and scream in the dark. Right. That's fine. <laughs> Indeed.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that. Uh, on that note, I think that brings us definitely to. <laughs> oh my god. We <laughs> we worst we, way, worst way to to die. Die. Uh. <laughs> Alright, what's yours mine is being pecked to death by an unkindness <laughs> <laughs> death by unkindness
1: oh <laughs> uh yes mine is um cat scratch fever <laughs> Ooh. and also ted nugent <laughs> because you can't really like if you have a certain generation you can't say cat scratch fever without bringing the nudge into it and he's a problem he is
0: Mm.
1: oh god he used to always be in um the diag in ann arbor selling his kill it and grill it book yeah yeah oh just always like motherfucker why are you in ann
0: arbor (laughs) because yeah he lived in michigan didn't he 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 lived in
1: ann arbor (laughs) for reasons unclear (laughs) yeah oh aging rock star Indeed. with a giant gun
0: okay so if you're not uh, ted nugent uh do you want to be spooky internet friends uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, as long as you're not Ted. Nugent. no ted nugent's allowed uh you can find yeah. us at bones and bobbins on all of the social medias the instagrams the Facebooks, the twitter's yeah, and I keep
1: forgetting to post. Um, sorry, that's my job. and I <laughs> just haven't been
0: doing and it. You can always find us at, you know, at bonesandbottles.com, too. And if you poke us on, also like... Also true. Twitter I don't forget then, to do that. <laughs> then, yeah. You can You can find us. If you can't find us on the main account, you can You can find us on our account. <laughs>
1: yeah, we definitely exist on the internet yeah. all day, every day. Yep. Yeah, and um, while you're on the internet looking for us don't forget to rate and review this podcast because it pleases the internet gremlins and the murders of crows yes and that is in fact how we show up in recommendations so other morbid souls can
0: find us bring forth the morbid souls yay (laughs) and on that note let us leave you with some advice that you should never forget lock your doors and don't
1: run with scissors.
0: mm don't do it. Each episode of the Bones and Bobbins podcast is written and researched by Haley Pearson-Cox and Natalie Hoyce. Our music was composed by Loyalty Freak Music. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Bones and Bobbins. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, or check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts so you won't miss a minute of our strange and creepy content.